7 a.m. on the West Coast. 10 a.m. on the East Coast. 3 p.m. in London, Kyoto, Japan. It's 11 p.m. And in Malaysia, it's 1980. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Hello, welcome in, everybody. Happy Wednesday. We are halfway through the week. Not only halfway through the week, but we're almost at the end of September. Tomorrow's the last day of September. What is up with that? September is gone. How, how is that even possible? <laughs> Dang. Unbelievable how fast this month went. Incredible. Um, we are live across the planet on four different platforms. We're on Facebook Live, YouTube, our J. Sheldon Malaysia channel. Please subscribe there, I need the hits. <laughs> Twitch.tv, of course, J. Sheldon No Pants, and uh, rumble.com slash J. Sheldon. Check us out on Rumble, too, if you, uh, if you wouldn't mind. And if you are listening to our podcast, because the audio part of the show is a podcast that goes out usually half an hour or less after we're done with our live stream, it's the same show. And uh, if you want to see, if you are listening to the podcast, we have hundreds of downloads, by the way. I don't know. I, I guess. <laughs> Why not? Thank you. Appreciate it. But uh, yeah, we do very well in the downloads. It's, it's quite good. Uh, across the planet, too. New Zealand, India. We're very big in India, which I don't understand. But I love you guys. Thank you, India. Uh, the U.S., of course. The U.K., uh, Australia. Malaysia, we do very well, of course. But anyway, um, thank you for our podcast listeners. Some of what we do is visual, so if you want to watch the visual part of our show, go to rumble.com slash Sheldon. You can see it there. Luna Amethyst, welcome back. It's been a while, and we missed you. One of our favorite viewers and followers, uh, Luna, and... In fact, I, I don't even feel comfortable saying follower because you're like a friend. Um, she says, getting more serious about my Cliff cosplay. Oh, cool. Excellent. I can't wait to see it. Uh, sorry, haven't been here for a while. Had work. It's okay. You have a permission slip. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thanks for joining us in tonight. Appreciate to see you here tonight, uh, uh, Luna Amethyst. Very nice to have you along for the ride. We've got lots coming up tonight, including uh, our headline, which is, would you want to live forever? Or do you think you could live forever? And if you could, would you really want to? I'm not so sure about that. I think if you're 20-something or 30-something, you'd probably say, yeah. When you get up into your 50s and 60s and maybe 70s, I don't know, I'm not there yet. Honestly, you get kind of tired. Not that you don't want to live a long time, good, long, healthy life. But the idea of living forever. I'll just tell you, honestly, at, I'm in my 60s, my early 60s. But when you get to be that age, you kind of think, hmm. I think maybe one go around is long enough. Now, I don't know how much long, long is, but seriously, when you get older, I think your attitude changes about how long. Anyway, we'll talk about that later on. Uh, you'll be cosplaying Tatiana and Cliff. <clears throat> Would that mean you're kind of going as Tatiana and Cliff's illegitimate offspring? Or uh, would it be... <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Okay. All right. It's time. Miko update. <laughs> yeah. Miko update. The little girl is well. She is uh, still in the middle of what in the Shiba Inu world we call a blow. And no, it's not the way back in the 80s we used to refer to cocaine. I don't know if they even call it that anymore, but in the 80s, 
70s, cocaine was called blow. Uh, or the other blow. But it's a blow because when they're shedding so badly, it's like a snowstorm. It's like a snow is just blowing all over the place. And she's been on this latest shed. It's twice a year this happens. She's been like this for at least a week, maybe almost two weeks now. When is it going to end? My house literally looks like it's snowing. I have to vacuum every other day, and I should probably vacuum every day. By the way, while I'm telling you this story, let me just show you this. There she is at the top of the stairs. That's right outside of our studio, by the way. <laughs> and uh, she was just having an attitude the other day. So there is a great shot of Miko that I took uh, from the landing in our stairs. So she's, uh, yeah. Yes, she is just as beautiful as ever. <laughs> and she's doing well. She's got fur everywhere. And um, you can actually see in some places on her chest some of her skin. So I'm a little worried about that. Uh, what color is Cliff's headband? I believe it's like a chroma key green. It might be yellow, but I'm pretty sure it's bright lime green. Yeah, I think you're right, Luna. I think Cliff's headband is, is a bright lime green. Because I remember when I, I dressed up like Cliff for uh, Stephen Bones' stream once. Um, it was, I think it was green. I had to cut up a t-shirt <laughs> to make a headband. Oh, man. All right, so that's Miko update. She's doing well. She uh, she appreciates all of you who send her little treats and hellos. And, uh, yeah, scarf is purple, jacket is yellow. Yes, indeed. Uh, she was downstairs. I don't know if she's going to pop by or not. I refilled her water dish in the back here, so she might pop in for a drink, and then we can grab her and get her on the stream if we're not in the middle of something important. All right. Oh, goodness. Yes, Wednesday, end of the month, and on we go. Um, I don't know where you find this stuff to do all this cosplay stuff. I, I seriously don't. It's, it's the strangest thing. Uh, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about living forever. You want to live forever? Theoretically, according to a new study, you could. Seriously. Theoretically... You could live forever. Now, I heard this about 20, 30 years ago, and I'm assuming it still applies, but it was the strangest thing. Statistics are weird, and I know you can bend statistics and um, change them to fit whatever it is that you know, you're trying to prove, but I read somewhere from what at the time seemed like a very reliable source that of all the people who have ever lived, all the people since the dawn of human existence on this planet, less than half of them have died. I think that makes sense because if you think about it exponentially, right now we've got, what, almost 8 billion people on the planet? And, you know, back not that long ago, maybe 500 years, there was nowhere near that amount of people on the planet. But I had read that about 20, 30 years ago. I remember that statistic and it struck me. It, it stuck in my head. And it, I'll have to look it up and see whether or not that still holds true. That of all the people that have ever existed in the human race on the planet, less than half of them have died. So your chances of living forever could be pretty good, maybe less than 50% or more than 50%. Um, anyway, this new study is out. Uh, it's from Tokyo, and humans could possibly live to be at least 130 years old or well beyond that, through the chances, although the chances of reaching such a super old age remain vanishingly small, according to new research. The outer limit, by the way, this is from the Malay Mail. Com. You want to check this out. There's a link in the show notes. Um, the outer limit of the human lifespan has been very hotly debated. Recent studies making the case that we could live up to 150 years, arguing there's no 
theoretical maximum age for humans. And new research just published today in the Royal Society Open Science Journal gets into debate by analyzing new data on super centenarians. That's people who are over 110 years old or more. And semi-super centenarians, which are 105 or more. While the risk of death uh, greatly increases throughout our lifetime, the researchers and analysis shows that risk eventually plateaus. So you get to a point in your life, I don't know where, uh, where that is, 70, 80, 90, where it remains constant, about 50-50. Beyond, oh, here it is, beyond 110, one can think of living another year as almost like flipping a coin, according to this statistic uh, at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Luzon. Uh, he led the, the research. Uh, if it comes up heads, you live to your next birthday. If not, you're going to die at some point in the next year. Based on the data so far, it seems likely humans could live to at least 130. But extrapolating from the findings would imply that there is really no limit on the human lifespan, according to the conclusions of this research. So you could potentially live forever. The question is, would you want to? If I could hand you a pill right now, not a red pill or a blue pill, just a pill, we'll make it a, a beige pill, and it would allow you to live a healthy life until you were, say, 150 years old, would you take it? I... Seriously, like I said in the beginning, I'm not so sure. My answer would have been very differently, uh, very different 30, 40 years ago. But at this point in my life, I don't know I'd take that pill. I really don't. Yeah. Greetings, seekers of hopes and dreams. I am Jeno the Powerful Wizard. I am so powerful I could make wishes come true, but only when you solve the impossible riddle. Answer correctly, and I shall grant you your wish. That is Mohammed the Mighty who has joined the stream. Mohammed there in Saudi Arabia, good to see you, and thanks for popping in, and thanks for the... Uh, we're waiting for the impossible riddle. Um, the answer is one of his legs are both the same. Take two and hit to left. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> we don't know what the, uh, what the riddle is. Okay, so anyway, if you could live to 150, would you? How about 113? The oldest living person on the planet is this beautiful lady. This is Kane Tanaka from Japan. She was born January 2nd, 1903. This actually, wait, she's older than that now. 1903, so that would be, she was 113 in 2016. So now that means it's been another five years, which means she's 118 years old. The last survivor, she was born in just in the 1903. The last person who survived from the, that was born in the 1800s was Emma Moreno. And she passed away at 117 years, 137 days in Italy in April of 2017. But this is this amazing woman, Kane Tanaka, who is currently the oldest living person on the planet. That is amazing. And strange to know because a lot of the centenarians, whatever they're called, super centenarians, uh, are from Japan. Uh, healthy lifestyle, I guess. 
but odd that the uh, the last uh, the last one at 117 years old was from Italy. But in spite of the fact that we think the Italians eat all kinds of greasy, fat, tons of food, it's a very healthy lifestyle. Their their gastronomy there in uh, in Italy it's very different from Japan, but nevertheless relatively healthy in the long run. But yeah, that is uh, that's Kanetanaka, who is the oldest living person on the planet. How about that? Uh, Mohanad says, I have actually wrote the riddle on a piece of paper, but I lost it. Maybe next time. Glad to be attending your stream after a rough day at college. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but the day is over, so you can just put it behind you, sit back, relax, take your pants off, and enjoy the I'm not wearing pants stream. <laughs> All right. Would you, I want to know, Put it in the chat if you're watching. Would you would you take a pill that would let you live a healthy life, relatively speaking, healthy life, and you would live be able to live to be 150 years old? Would you take it? And let me know when you answer that how old you are. Because I have a feeling people my age would have a very different answer than people in their 20s or 30s, maybe even 40s, probably 40s too. It's when you actually start to get up into the... Uh, older years that your attitude starts to change, I think. By the way, we will have the links to this in our show notes. You can check it out there if you want to check out the article itself. And uh, all right, what else have we got going? <laughs> Do you know what an along is? Oh, by the way, did you see my shirt? Wait, I got to change cameras here. You go to camera two. There we go. Here we go. I got to stand up. Saya Anak Malaysia. There you go. See that? There we go. Sorry, if you're listening to the podcast, you're hearing my squeaky chair. That's because I had to stand up to show my shirt. It's I'm a child of Malaysia, sort of, loosely translated. Um, okay, I'm not, but I like to think of myself as one. I wish I were one. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got the picked up this shirt. It was on sale. And it's very cool. So I, I got two new shirts. The other Malaysia shirt that I wore last stream, stream before, the yellow one says Malaysia across the front. And this one, Saya Anak Malaysia. There you go. Cool beans. All right. Um, let's see. Mohanad said, probably not. Living up until 100 years old doesn't really seem fun. Yeah. I wouldn't risk taking the pill. The world seems to be going downhill by each passing year. And I'm too afraid to find out what the future holds. Eh. Where's your sense of adventure? That's from Mohanad, the mighty, by the way. Um, I think, given the day and age that we live in, I fully understand why you feel that way. But I would encourage you to... How do I say this and be... Politic. I don't want to be politically correct. I'm just going to say it. Turn off the TV news, especially that crap like CNN or MSNBC or all that garbage news. If you watch that, don't. It's crap. All that fake news media junk, just ignore them. The best thing you can do is turn it right off. Um, don't, don't be discouraged, please. Things will get better with time. Trust me that they will. It will not always be like this ridiculous time that we are living through right now. I truly believe that in my heart of hearts and that better days for everybody are coming. Um, I, I hope that you would believe that too. Have some faith indeed. And by faith, I don't mean your religion. I just mean have some faith that humans will eventually wind up doing the right thing and will be okay. Yeah. All right. Some of the humans who don't do the right thing, here in Malaysia, we call them alongs. And uh, I've got this, it's Malaysian slang wiki is the site. Uh, An along is derived from the Cantonese phrase jutping, dai ji lung, something like that. It's a term for an illegal loan shark. Uh, in Malaysia and Singapore, we call them alongs. You'll see right there on the screen, A-H, 
L-O-N-G. They lend money to people who can't get regular loans from banks or other legal sources. Um, they mostly are targeting habitual gamblers. They charge a ridiculously obscene interest rate, 40% per month or fortnight, which is what, 20 days? Uh, frequently, they threaten violence and they administer it towards those who fail to pay in time. The loans are a real problem in this country. And by the way, I thought this a long time ago when we have this, and what they're doing is absolutely illegal, okay? And I've seen some reports in the past where police spokespeople said, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to catch them. Well, you know what? Stop at any intersection in Malaysia, any one, and look at the underpass or look on the signboards or look on the posts, and there is an offer to lend you money, and the person's phone number is right there. Probably not that hard to find these people. You think? Anyway, one of the uh, lovely things that these gangsters do is they, if you don't pay, they will, well, they'll do God knows what sort of violence. But one of the their favorite little tricks, no, 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 Mohammed, you did not spread any negative atmosphere. I'm just trying to encourage you to have faith, please. It's it's perfectly okay. Believe what you believe. It's It's okay. I'm just trying to say... Have faith. Okay, back to it. They splash red paint either on your door or on your car, uh, on your gate leading into your house. It's a way of saying, like, you owe us money, pay us back, and blah, blah, blah. Well, now get this story. This is from World of Buzz. Along mistakenly splashes red paint on man's car. However... He got the wrong car. The person in debt was actually the neighbor's kid. There's a picture here of the car. You can see it's all, hang on, let me get my mouse back. You see here, car's all covered in, in red paint. Looks like some sort of Mivy or something. This is ridiculous. And then they left some sort of a threatening note, most of which here has been blurred out on the car. But the morons... Not that they are actually the smartest people on the planet, if you know what I mean. Actually got the wrong car. This happened in Sarawak. Mistakenly, a man fell victim to an unlicensed loan shark after his car was splashed with red paint. According to Harian Metro and Utusan Borneo, the incident occurred at 5 in the morning when the victim's wife was leaving to go to work. Uh, it's a proton viva. Uh, it was parked in front of the house, and it was splashed with paint on the bonnet and the front tire. Uh, Padawan District Police Chief Superintendent Adil Bolhassan said the victim also found a note left in front of the gate of his house stating to pay the debt. The name, however, on the note wasn't his. The victim found the name written in the note was addressed to the neighbor's daughter. The scene did not have closed circuit television and no independent witnesses saw the incident. And my bet is even if there were, they wouldn't say anything for fear of, you know, their car or house would be next. This is a problem in this country and somebody needs to do something about it. First of all, do not let, uh, borrow money from these criminals. That would be a good way to put them out of business. But people do, and people will continue to. If you want to know how to find them, here's a little hint. They advertise nearly on every freaking corner or spray paint, money, no interest, and here's my phone number. Well, if there's a phone number, chances are, you know, two words, sting operation, okay? Just a little suggestion for you there. All right. Mm, what else are we going to do? Oh, okay. Two good news pieces for you, and then we're going to move on and get to our book before we uh, before we go crazy. One of the way. Oh, Mohanad, this relates to you, actually. 
Here's a piece of good news for you that is about our current situation that almost everybody on the planet is under, uh, under right now. However, not so much in Norway. Check out this headline, and this is from uh, a post uh, in Oslo. I don't know what the, um, I, I, I'd love to give credit to whoever the newspaper article is, but it's not listed here. Empty hospital beds. Norway has reclassified COVID-19 as no more dangerous than the ordinary flu. So for those of you who love the fear porn and the panic porn that all of the media outlets love to shovel down our throats every day, the folks in Norway have finally woken up and said, you know what? We're going to stop with the fear porn. We're going to stop with the panic porn. COVID-19 is treated in the mass media as a very dangerous disease, I'm reading from the article here, in the face of which mass vaccinations, severe restrictions for the whole society are applauded despite few deaths beyond the risk groups. In Australia, it's basically become a prison colony again. Have you seen what's happening in Australia? Those people are freaking nuts down there. I don't mean Australians. God help the Australian people, the authorities, have lost their minds. In Norway, they have now decided that they will treat COVID-19 like any other respiratory disease, like influenza or a cold virus, because according to the Norwegian Institute of Public Health, according to the Norwegian Institute of Public Health, it is no longer any more dangerous than these, than a cold virus or influenza. So, thank you, Norway, for finally saying the quiet part out loud. And as more countries wake up and begin to do the same, and more news and media outlets stop with the panic porn or the fear porn, hopefully more people will begin to realize that fact. All right. I got one more great piece of news today. Here in Malaysia, we use, there's several, but the two big delivery, mostly food delivery uh, companies are Grab and Food Panda. Grab branding by their green and Food Panda by their hot pink color. Anyway, um, these guys and gals do an amazing job, and I've said it before, a huge hat tip to them. They probably, almost more than anybody, they, we, we don't call them a frontliner, but really they are one of the frontliners that have helped us get through this ridiculous lockdowns and all of these restrictions we've had for the last almost two years. Uh, they have kept us fed They've kept businesses running by shuffling things back and forth. Lala Move is another one. I use them myself once a month. Lala Move, great company for moving big things, a whole house, or just getting documents back and forth to people, or hard drives, things like that. Um, anyway, uh, these uh, deliver... Cozy Fuzz. Hey, Cozy Fuzz, welcome. Uh, Deliveroo, I don't light blue kangaroo. Okay, is that like an Australian delivery thing? I, I've never heard of that before, but I'm guessing with Deliveroo, it's probably got to be some Australian delivery service. Um, anyway, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> this is the, hang on, I need some more coffee. Mmm. The pause that refreshes. All right. These guys and gals have gone out, and in fact, I direct a show on uh, Facebook and YouTube called Random Acts, and uh, we acknowledge and celebrate the common ordinary people who do good things for others without being asked, uh, people who feed the homeless, give shelter, uh, take care of strays, whatever it might be. Um, so one of the things that we did on our show a few episodes ago, uh, was to thank the Food Panda and Grab Delivery Driver guys and gals 
by giving them petrol certificates for like a, a tank or so of, of petrol, just to say thank you. There was no obligation. We just handed these, we handed lots and lots of these certificates out uh, as one of our shows. You can watch it on, on Facebook. Go to Random Acts Malaysia and you'll see the page there and you'll see that episode scroll down, you'll find it. But anyway, let me get to the story because it's such a cool one. Uh, a lot of people wound up losing their jobs or maybe they owned a shop and they had to close the shop. And so you wound up with a lot of different people becoming delivery drivers and some made quite a bit of money and others managed to really make something out of themselves. A Malaysia, here's the headline from thesmartlocal.com. I think the link to this is also in our show notes today. Malaysian food panda rider completes PhD after four years of studying and working at the same time. Wow. Uh, yeah, food panda rider from Kwantan uh, completes his PhD. Uh, delivery riders in Malaysia often sources of inspiration for many of us. That's true because of the hard work and perseverance they have in trying to make a living. You know, they are out there in the heat and the rain and the thunder and the lightning and the traffic taking care of us. Back in July, the uh, smart local Malaysia reported the success of a grab driver who'd passed the STPM exams with flying colors despite facing challenges. And this time a food panda rider from Kwantan has shared pictures of his doctoral dissertation indicating that he managed to complete a PhD among all the struggles. There is a picture of this gentleman. Uh, he has now a PhD thesis and it is, was September 27th, just a couple days ago, uh, Mohammed Akmal. He works as a food panda driver in Bandar Indira Makota, Pahang, and uh, his doctoral dissertation he shared on the Facebook page, uh, Food Panda Rider Malaysia. His post was accompanied by a caption expressing how thankful he was to have completed the doctoral degree after almost four years of study at the University Malaysia Pahang. Fantastic. Mohammed Akmal, congratulations to you. That is an accomplishment. We're very, very proud of you. And uh, say what you want. Don't say anything bad about those delivery guys and gals. Food Panda, Lala Move, Grab. They bust their butts out there, keeping us fed, keeping us in business. Um, I missed some chats here. Uh, Cozy Fuzz says, I guess, Sing oh, Singapore has those three, Deliveroo, Food Panda, and Grab. Okay, cool. Food Panda was my favorite, Mohanad says. A, a, a salute to this man, uh, Mohammed Akmal. Um, will the S&P close higher today? I don't know. <laughs> okay, cap track. Are you talking to me about S&Ps? I don't know anything about that stuff. Uh, damn, Cozy Fuzz says, given all these work from home and home-based learning, getting a PhD probably might be easier than it was pre-pandemic. Yes and no, probably, because in addition to all the studying and work you have to do for the PhD, you also have to do work to pay your bills like being a food panda delivery guy. So I'm not so sure about that. Uh, not reducing the guy's accomplishment because getting a PhD is no easy feat. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Wow. Anyway, fantastic. Very, very good news from these guys. Excellent. Uh, Donald Tanner, a new follower. Thank you, Donald. Appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the poke. Appreciate that very much. Um, <laughs> oh, it is that Donald Tanner. How about that? Wow. That, I got to share this with you guys. Uh, Donald Tanner has just joined the stream here. Uh, he's uh, listening in or watching in over on Facebook. And he said, sounds just like I'm listening to WSNG. 
AM610. <laughs> yeah, um, AM610, WSNG was the, uh, the station that I was the morning show host personality for many, 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 many years. And um, <laughs> Donald was one of our, our regular listeners. And in fact, a part of what I did, in addition to being, you know, it was a music-based show with jokes and comedy and typical morning show. But then I also did a talk show, an open forum talk show in which we do much like what we're doing here. We didn't really have the internet much those days. We had the AP wire, but I would talk about local things that were happening, international things, mostly countrywide, nationwide things that were happening, a lot of local stuff. But... Donald was a regular caller to the program. And you know how weird, Donald, is that? That here we sit 40 years later, probably, and you're, you are just sitting out there listening to this old man spout off about all kinds of crap <laughs> the same way that we used to do that 40 years ago. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yes, Captain J. I was, uh, I was known as Captain J, the pilot of the airwaves. <laughs> A lifetime ago, really. But I'll tell you what, I miss those days. I miss Torrington and Northwest Connecticut. Every day, almost every day, I think about these, uh, these, those times and uh, miss them very much. No regrets. It's been an interesting life. I wouldn't change a thing as I sit here almost exactly halfway across the planet. But uh, those were the days. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. It is so good to hear from you, Donald, and I hope you're doing well. All right. Uh, we got to move on to our book, don't we? Yeah, we do. Okay, I'm getting all kinds of time things now. You're 59. That pill I probably wouldn't take. Uh, see? You see? You're at, but I'll bet you wouldn't say that back when, you know, back in the 80s when we were... Yeah, I, I, I think my attitude would have been different. But you're right. I think I agree with you. I, I wouldn't take the pill. I'd like to live to be maybe 100, be healthy. I don't expect I will, but I'd like to. Uh, but to live for like 150 or maybe forever? Eh. Eh. What are you going to do with all that time? <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's get over to our book. As you may or may not know, on our stream from the very beginning, 120 shows ago. This is our 120th show. How about that? Um, we started doing these books, and they are classic books from the Gutenberg Project. Gutenberg.org is uh, the site, and they are all in the public domain. You can check them out there, and you can go to Gutenberg.org. I'm organizing while I'm talking. Can you tell? My mind is split. Okay. You can go to Gutenberg.org and check out all the different books. We've done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, uh, The Velveteen Rabbit. Uh, right now we are doing H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds, and we are uh, halfway through chapter 14, I think. Yes, yeah, 14. Uh, we had to cut the chapter in half because it is so long, so we're going to continue and close out chapter 14 tonight. Uh, one more note, uh, Fuzz says, I'll definitely subscribe to whatever podcast you have. Your voice reminds me of that cool uncle that tells me all the news around the world. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Hey, Miko. Miko stopped into the studio. You want to come over and say hi? No? Nah, she's being shy. She came in for a drink of water, but now she's running away, so, okay. Um, one quick little adjustment here. And we will get back over to The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. And we will finish up tonight, 
chapter 14.5. When we last left off here, the brother thought of all the silent expectant guns of the suddenly nomadic countryside. He tried imagining boilers on stilts a hundred feet high. There were one or two cartloads of refugees passing along Oxford Street and several in the Marylebone Road, but so slowly was the news spreading that Regent Street and Portland Place were full of their usual Sunday night promenaders, albeit they talked in groups, and along the edge of Regent's Park there were as many silent couples walking out together under the scattered gas lamps as there had ever been before. The night was warm and still and a little oppressive. The sound of guns continued intermittently, and after midnight there seemed to be sheet lightning in the south. He read and reread the paper, fearing the worst had happened to me. He was restless, and after supper prowled out again aimlessly, He returned and tried in vain to divert his attention to his examination notes. He went to bed a little after midnight and was awakened from lurid dreams in the small hours of Monday by the sound of door knockers, feet running in the street, distant drumming, and the clamor of bells. Red reflections danced on the ceiling. For a moment, He lay astonished, wondering whether day had come or the world had gone mad. Then he jumped out of bed and ran to the window. His room was an attic, and as he thrust his head out up and down the street, there were a dozen echoes to the noise of his window sash, and heads in every kind of night disarray appeared. Inquiries were being shouted. They're coming, bawled a policeman, hammering at the door. The Martians are coming, and he hurried to the next door. The sound of drumming and trumpeting came from the Albany Street barracks, and every church within earshot was hard at work killing sleep with a vehemently disorderly toxin. There was a noise of doors opening, and window after window in the houses opposite flashed from darkness into yellow illumination. Up the street came galloping a closed carriage, bursting abruptly into noise at the corner, clattering climax under the windows and dying away slowly in the distance. Close on the rear of this came a couple of cabs, the forerunners of a long procession of flying vehicles, going for the most part to Chalk Farm Station, where the Northwestern special trains were loading up, instead of coming down the gradient into Euston. For a long time, my brother stared out the window in blank astonishment, watching the policemen hammering at door after door and delivering their incomprehensible message. Then the door behind him opened, and the man who lodged across the landing came in dressed only in shirt, trousers, and slippers, his braces loose about his waist, his hair disordered from his pillow. What the devil is it, he asked, a fire? What a devil of a row. They both craned their heads out the window, straining to hear what the policeman was shouting. People were coming out of the side streets and standing in groups at the corners talking. What the devil is it all about? said my brother's fellow lodger. My brother answered him vaguely and began to dress, running with each garment to the window in order to miss nothing of the growing excitement. And presently, men selling unnaturally early newspapers came bawling into the streets. London, in danger of suffocation, the Kingston and Richmond defenses forced Fearful massacres in the Thames Valley. And all about him, in the rooms below, in the houses on each side and across the road, and behind in the park terraces, and in the hundreds of other streets of that part of Marylebone 
and the Westburn Park District and St. Pancras and Westward and Northward in Kilburn and St. Johnswood in Hampstead and Eastward in Soreditch and Highbury in Haggerston and Hoxton and indeed throughout all the vastness of London from Ealing to Eastham people were rubbing their eyes and opening windows to stare out and ask aimless questions. Dressing hastily as the first breath of the coming storm of fear blew through the streets. It was the dawn of a great panic. London, which had gone to bed Sunday night oblivious and inert, was awakened in the small hours of Monday morning to a vivid sense of danger. Unable from his window to learn what was happening, my brother went down and out into the street, just as the sky between the parapets of the houses grew pink with the early dawn. The flying people on foot and in vehicles grew more numerous every moment. Black smoke, he heard people crying, and again, black smoke. The contagion of such a unanimous fear was inevitable. As my brother hesitated on the doorstep, he saw another news vendor approaching and got a paper forthwith. The man was running away with the rest and selling his papers for a shilling each as he ran, a grotesque mingling of profit and panic. And from this paper, my brother read that catastrophic dispatch of the commander-in-chief. The Martians are able to discharge enormous clouds of black and poisonous vapor by means of rockets. They have smothered our batteries, destroyed Richmond, Kingston, and Wimbledon, and are advancing slowly towards London, destroying everything on the way. It is impossible to stop them. There is no safety from the black smoke, but in instant flight. That was all, but it was enough. The whole population of the great six million city was stirring, slipping, running. Presently, it would be pouring en masse northward. Black smoke, the voices cried. Fire! The bells of the neighboring church made a jangling tumult. A cart carelessly driven smashed amid shrieks and curses against the water trough up the street. Sickly yellow lights went to and fro in the houses, and some of the passing cabs flaunted undistinguished lamps, and overhead the dawn was growing brighter, clear and steady and calm. He heard footsteps running to and fro in the rooms and up and down the stairs behind him. His landlady came to the door loosely wrapped in a dressing gown and shawl. Her husband followed, ejaculating. As my brother began to realize the import of all these things, he turned hastily to his own room, put all his available money, some ten pounds altogether, into his pockets, and he went out again into the streets. And that's the conclusion of chapter 14. Coming up on Saturday night, our next stream, we will do chapter 15, which is called What Had Happened in Surrey. These Martians are getting a little out of hand, if you know what I mean. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. Wow. Interesting book. 1898, that was first published. Long time ago. All right, my friends, that's going to wrap up another uh, program, another show, another live stream. 
Thank you. Uh, if you'd like, you can find us on YouTube, J. Sheldon Malaysia. Subscribe to our channel over there, please. We need the subscriptions. It really helps. We're trying to get up over 500. We're at, I think, 350, 340 now. So youtube.com slash J. Sheldon Malaysia. You'll find us. You'll see either my ugly mug or, or that logo. And um, also... Our podcast is available anywhere you, you listen to your podcast. Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public. We're on all the different podcast platforms. Just search for I'm Not Wearing Pants. Look for that logo, and that's us. Click that download and subscribe button. Thank you. At the end of the day, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash Sheldon and uh, sign up for a small amount of support. There's three different tier levels. You'll find it all explained there at patreon.com slash jsheldon. Uh, just to clear up a couple of last uh, comments from the chit chat while I was reading the book chapter tonight. Um, uh, yes, thank you. Uh, seeing how I discovered you through No Straight Roads with Stephen Bones. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's great. We've, uh, especially our Twitch audience. Thank you so much over there on Twitch. Um, such a small world, love from across the border. And Donald uh, says, was back in Torrington in 2019, a very different city now. I'll bet it is. Yes, indeed. I keep in touch with a lot of my uh, old friends from uh, back in the days in Torrington and Cornwall, my real hometown, Cornwall, Connecticut, that is, not England. And um, yeah, so I'm kept up to date on all the... Uh, all the happenings over there and you're right the more things change the more they stay the same but no doubt things do change that's for sure all right my friends thanks again for joining and i will see you saturday night same time same bat channel thanks for listening i'm jay sheldon i'm not wearing pants good night